0: perfect bang on my chest if you think i'm perfect go ahead bang on it no heart you gotta have heart miles and miles of heart
1: this is patchwork heart ministries young catholics respond brought to you by breadbox media now here's your host bill snyder
2: Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder, and this is Young Catholics Respond. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our ministry and our mission to sow hope into broken hearts. Uh, It is a pleasure to be with you wherever you are listening and whenever you are listening. Uh, I would also like to encourage you at the onset of our program here to go to our website, patchworkheart.org, and get your free copy of the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. It'll pop right up. You'll be able to enter your email address, and we will send a return email to you with the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. During these times of COVID-19, we're living in a lot of fear, worry, anxiety, and what we did was we paired the uh, the the rosary with the scripture passages that say, be not afraid and fear not. So do not worry uh, about your, your life, you know, God says everything is going to be provided. And, and one of the ways to do that is to pray the Fearless Scriptural Rosary. It's a free PDF download, and you can get it by going to patchworkheart.org. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about ourselves, though, because I have a wonderful guest with me. His name is Hugh Owen, and he is the director of the Colby Center. And he is also a husband, a father of nine children two of which are Benedictine novice religious sisters. So, uh, Hugh, welcome to the program, and thank you so very much for coming on and talking with me today on Young Catholics Respond.
0: Well, it's uh, my joy to be with you.
2: It is. It's, it, you know, it's going to be a great conversation. And, uh, you know, I I kind of want to talk with you. You, uh, you work uh, as a director of the Colby Center for the Study of Creation, which is a Catholic apostolate dedicated to proclaiming the truth about the origins of man and the universe, which I believe is so critical uh, for these times. But I kind of want to get your faith story as we begin this uh, conversation today. So talk with me a little bit about your faith journey and and how uh, you, you walk with the
0: Lord daily. Certainly. Well, I think I need to go back to my grandfather, my father's father, who was a Baptist minister in Wales in Great Britain, And um, my father was brought up by my grandfather and grandmother in a very conservative Christian home in, in Wales. But when he went to university in England, he was taught secular humanism. And he was taught that Genesis was basically the beginning of Genesis was, uh, was a myth or a fairy tale that science had enlightened us. And now science could explain the origin of man and the universe without God. And of course, that's the foundation of secular humanism. So my, my father was robbed of his faith, mm. like millions of other people then and now, uh, became a secular humanist went to work for the United Nations at the very beginning of the UN, uh, became an assistant secretary general, then co-administrator of the United Nations Development Program. And after 25 years with the UN, he was actually knighted by the Queen of England for his work in the UN and retired when I was uh, just about 15 years old. And uh, at the time that he retired, He looked at the world and he could see that things were actually much worse than when the united nations was started in spite of the fact that he and a lot of other intelligent dedicated people had worked very hard to try to improve the state of the world they could see that things were getting worse Hmm. but unfortunately when he and others in his milieu tried to understand why things were getting worse The answer that the intelligentsia came back with was it was because the UN wasn't going to the root of all the world's problems, which they said was overpopulation. Too many people. That's why we had the wars and pollution and economic and social injustice and every every other kind of problem. Cut down on the number of people, they said, then we'll have enough to go around and all our problems will be solved. So my dad actually accepted to become the first ever secretary general of international planned parenthood federation at the very time when ippf changed its position on abortion and became the world's number one provider of abortion as well as contraception and sex education and he held that position for just about a year when i died when he died very unexpectedly, of a heart attack in London when I was just 16 years old. Now, I had been brought up with no church, no Bible, no prayer, just evolution-based secular humanism. And when my father died, um, I really lost the will to live. In fact, for more than a year, I was suicidally depressed. All I wanted to do was to take my own life, And the only reason that I didn't do it is that every time I got to the point of actually committing suicide, I had this interior conviction that I could not shake, that I would just find myself on the other side and it would be permanent misery. So I had to go on living. And Mm -hmm. as I went on living in this state of great misery, our Lord brought me to certain places, books, people, experiences that eventually led me to repent of my sins and receive the gift of faith, acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And when I was 18 years old, less than two years after my father's death, I was baptized, confirmed and made my first Holy Communion as a Catholic, in the Princeton University Chapel where I was enrolled as a freshman. Now, when I entered the Catholic church, the priests who received me into the church were Jesuits. And they gave me a book to teach me my Catholic faith, which is called the Dutch Catechism. Uh, We call it the Dutch Cataclysm because this is the book that actually destroyed or almost completely destroyed the faith of a once vibrant Catholic community in the Netherlands, where today there's almost nobody in the churches. Churches are being turned into mosques. Almost all of the young people are gone. And there's a theme that ran through this Dutch cataclysm from beginning to end. And it's this, that we have entered a scientific age and science has now enlightened us so that we can have a new and deeper understanding of our faith, And with that very nice sounding theme, the authors proceed to sow doubt in the mind of the reader about everything from the existence of Satan, uh, the historical reality of Adam and Eve, the historical truth of Genesis chapters 1 to 11, the perpetual virginity of Our Lady, the intrinsic evil of contraception, you name it. And all in the name of Science has enlightened us. Science has given us this new and better understanding. And of course, that was the science of evolution. And the whole point of the Dutch Cataclysm was, we've evolved into this new situation, and we have this new and deeper and better understanding of our faith. And that's why we can reinterpret the scriptures and the tradition of the church in a new way, to give us a new and better understanding of everything. And I don't know how I survived the Dutch cataclysm, but somehow by the grace of God, I did. I came into the church and somehow by a miracle of grace, I realized eventually that what this Cataclysm had taught could not possibly be true. It was simply not possible that science, natural science, could discover things that were true that would contradict God's revelation as it had been understood in his church from the beginning. It was simply not possible. And when I came to this realization, I was in my early 30s, I was the headmaster of a school in New Jersey, and God ignited an explosion in my soul. And I was determined to find out for myself where the truth lay. So for a period of about 10 years, I searched all over the world for Catholic theologians, philosophers, and natural scientists who had really delved into this subject so that I could find out where the truth lay. And at the end of the 10 years, I came to the same conclusion that Saint Maximilian Kolbe had come to 100 years ago. The emperor of evolution was not wearing any clothes. There were not any, there was not any sound scientific evidence to support the idea that molecules turned into human bodies over 13.7 billion years of the same kinds of material processes that are going on now. And so I realized that since all over the world, there were Catholic scholars who knew this and who could demonstrate it in their area of expertise, what was lacking was a forum. And so with the blessing of our pastor at that time, we decided to found the Colbe Center for the Study of Creation to provide a forum for Catholic theologians, philosophers, and natural scientists who defend the traditional teaching of the Church on creation and who expose the fatal flaws in the molecules-to-man evolution hypothesis. And the reason why we decided to do this is that Creation, the doctrine of creation, is the first article of the creed. It's the foundation of our faith. It's what determines our whole understanding of the character of God. So if we, if that isn't correct, our whole edifice of faith is not on a solid foundation. You know, wow,
2: uh, just an amazing. You have an amazing journey, uh, a, a a rather unorthodox journey to to your faith and an incredible calling Hugh. Uh you know w- the 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 incredible thing listening to you talk just is that you know God led you on this path from, from 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 your dad being, you know, so so far astray from from you know faith of any kind uh to to pull you to being um to helping to help rectify some of the some of the things that led the world astray maybe
0: and yes well th- there's something that I, that I would like to share yeah. on that note um, because I think it's a concern that your wonderful listeners would have and I I would like to share this with them um, I prayed for my father, from the beginning of my journey of faith. And wherever I would go, I would have the Holy Mass offered for him and ask people all over the world to pray for him. And i continued to do that. But the interesting thing is that after my father died, I had an experience that I could not explain in terms of my secular humanist upbringing. And it was that whenever I looked at a photograph of my dad i i could not escape the conviction that he that he was still alive somewhere and a very amazing thing happened about 10 years ago i i met a man who's become a very dear friend and a brother in this apostolate of defending the foundations of the faith and it so happens that this friend of mine has a remarkable mother, who um, had a life filled with suffering. Uh, she married an alcoholic husband, and and still managed to raise her children in the faith in spite of the you know terrible sufferings that she had to endure. And from a very young age, my dad's uh, my friend's mom had some mystical gifts. That were definitely, definitely genuine, um, and throughout her life, since she was actually a young teenager, God has revealed things to her. Uh, for example, about people who've gone to purgatory who who need prayers and sacrifices to hasten their their uh, yeah. deliverance from purgatory, and and this is a gift that she's had from the time she was very young, and um, soon after I first met my dear friend, he just talked to his mom a little bit about me. He knew very little about me himself, but he told me very soon after that meeting that his mom would like to write me a letter, and would it be all right for her to do so? So, of course, I said yes, and so um, shortly thereafter, I got a letter from his mom, in which she told me that she had been praying and that our Lord had shown her my father at the moment of his of his death, when he was at the very threshold of eternity, when he appeared before the judgment seat of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, of course, I can't be sure that this was a genuine experience, but I I have many reasons to believe that it is true what she what she wrote to me. But anyway, I'll just share it with you and you can make of it what you will. She said that um, my father was shown the truth about his life, about the state of his soul and the harm that he had done by many of the wrong choices that he had made and that my father received uh, or accepted the grace to repent of all the sins of his whole life, and to ask forgiveness for them. But she also said that, um, that my father communicated to our Lord, could he do something to make up for all the harm that he had done? And she said that our Lord communicated to him that that would not be possible, but that one of his sons would have this mission. And um, I, I firmly believe that the calling that God has given me is very much um, bound up with my my love for my father and and um, the need to to make reparation and to do and to fulfill in truth what he actually desired to do because he wanted the right things but mm-hmm. because of that, uh, robbery that was committed where he was robbed of the faith as a young man he didn't know the right way to go about achieving this good end so i just wanted to share that with your listeners
2: that is a beautiful story hugh and uh and thank you so much for your calling and for your witness and for answering that uh with with an incredible passion um that you have for for this uh for our listeners, we are talking with Hugh Owen. He is a director of the Colby Center for the Study of Creation. And we have to just take a short break. But When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with him about uh, the more of his amazing work that he is doing at the Colby Center. So right back after these messages on Young Catholics Respond.
1: Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts, by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and his Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147, or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org.
3: The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith offers prayerful accompaniment for those who are affected by divorce and separation. We offer free online support meetings for those affected by divorce and for adult children of divorce. You can learn more about us at nonatus.org. That's N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S dot Text or call 215-870-9913.
1: At times it seems like the world today is filled with so much division, bigotry, and hatred. So it's up to us to make sure that we get back to the basics, and that is Jesus Christ, and his message of faith, hope, and love. Faith Hope Love with John and Morgan Bender is a new project that seeks to do just that by engaging and inspiring Catholics within the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and beyond. Read personal faith stories, interviews, and news all by visiting the Faith Hope and Love blog.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at Johnny Bender MKE.
3: The words spoken by Our Lady of Guadalupe to Juan Diego nearly 500 years ago are almost too good to be true. Asking that a temple would be built at the site of her apparition, she promised that here, I will give all my love, my compassion, my help, and my protection to all those who love me, cry to me, seek me, and who have confidence in me. Here, I will listen to their weepings and alleviate all their sufferings, necessities, and misfortunes. My name is Alan Napleton, and I live in Dallas, Texas. I have visited her shrine in Mexico City dozens of times bringing my own petitions and have found Our Lady to be true to her word. Over the years, I have brought hundreds of pilgrims to this holy place without incidents and have now founded Viva Guadalupe, a nonprofit that provides safe and inexpensive pilgrimages to Our Lady's shrine. If you would like to take our Blessed Mother up on her promise and learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit VivaGuadalupe.org for more information.
0: Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it.
1: Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to Young Catholics Respond. Today my guest is Hugh Owen, and he is uh, the director for the Colby Center for the Study of Creation, the website that you want to visit uh, to find out more about the Colby Center is simply colbycenter.org, spelled K-O-L-B-E center.org. Uh, Hugh, I want to find out, uh, You first of all, your journey's incredible, and I'll tell you, if you missed the first half because you're listening to this on the radio, please go back, listeners, and hit our podcast feed up and listen to Hugh's journey, uh, because it's absolutely incredible. Uh, however, I... I want to ask you now a little bit more about the work of the Colby Center, the mission of the Colby Center, uh, and and really how it lives its mission out. So if you'd like to tell me a little bit about
0: that, that'd be awesome. Certainly. Well, th- the last time that the Magisterium, the teaching authority of the Catholic Church, actually published a document on the subject of evolution was way back in 1950, in the encyclical Humani Generis of Pope Pius XII, and it's it's very sad that most of our young people, when they are taught anything about the encyclical Humani Generis, they're usually told that with Humani Generis, the Church allowed Catholics now to believe and teach that God used evolution to evolve the human body over billions of years or hundreds of millions of years until it was ready to receive a human soul and the the tragedy is that that is completely false if you actually read the encyclical pope pius xii reaffirms the constant teaching of the church that all of genesis is true history including the first 11 chapters he also reaffirms the constant teaching of the church that every word in the Bible is true, whether it is speaking about faith and morals or history or geography, natural science or anything else. Nowadays, most Catholic young people are being taught that the Bible is only free from error when it specifically teaches in the area of faith and morals, and that is not the teaching of the church. The teaching of the church is that the Bible is God-breathed, and it's free from error in everything that it affirms. And since Genesis is a historical book, not poetry, not myth, not allegory, therefore, every historical statement in Genesis 1 to 11 is the whole truth, 100%, with no error whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that's right in the encyclical Humani Generis the only permission that the Pope gave in that encyclical was for Catholic experts to examine the evidence for and against the evolutionary hypothesis, the hypothesis that the human body evolved from a lower life form through some kind of natural process of evolution. But as anybody who's ever held a position of authority knows, permission to examine the evidence for something is not the same as approval of what is being examined. And that approval was never given, has never been given by the magisterium of the church at anything close to the level that the magisterium of the church has affirmed the traditional doctrine of creation, which is that God created everything supernaturally by willing it into existence at the beginning of time for man, that he created Adam, body, and soul at the beginning of time. He literally created Eve from Adam's body, one man for one woman for life, right from the beginning, and placed them as the king and queen of a perfectly beautiful, complete, and harmonious universe that was totally free, not only from human death, but from deformity, disease, coronaviruses, man harming natural disasters or any kind of disorder of that kind. And that it was only the original sin of Adam that brought the human death, deformity, disease, things like COVID-19 into the world. Hmm. That is the traditional teaching. And that's what we are defending. And we are being obedient to humanity generous because we are supposed to look at both sides and the default position It's not evolution. The default position for every Catholic is the traditional teaching, because nobody's ever come up with any good reason to abandon that teaching in favor of another one. Mm. You know, that's that's incredible. And it's amazing you've committed
2: yourself to this work. And if we had a little more time in the program I would I would ask you about a hundred more questions. Uh, but I, but I want listeners uh, to know that they can of course go over to your website, which is again Colbycenter.org and uh, learn more about what you do. but I also want to uh, talk to you a little bit about the exclusive patreon series that uh, we that you' you're, you're doing uh, for Patchwork art ministry and Fiat Ministry Network tomorrow beginning tomorrow night. Uh, and and encourage people to, to tune into that and, and to sign up for that uh, at patreon.com/slash patchworkheartministry because you're going to be you're going to be going into some of this right
0: yes I really encourage listeners to sign up for that because what I'm sharing in that series is the fruit of 20 to 25 years of work not just of myself but of a whole team of wonderful theologians, philosophers, and natural scientists, Catholics from all over the world, I'm sharing the fruit of our labors that, by the grace of God, we've been able to do. And another place where we have shared the fruits of our labors is in a DVD series that we've just come out with a few months ago called Foundations Restored. We have a whole website dedicated to it, www.foundationsrestored.com where you can watch the first two episodes for free. And then um, you can, um, for a a suggested donation, you can uh, see the whole thing on the internet through streaming, or you can get hard copies of the DVDs and and the teacher's guide. Any priest or religious, or even a lay person that doesn't have uh, enough money to make the suggested donation, we will give it to any priest or religious in the world for nothing. And uh, if a lay person will promise to study it and share the knowledge, we'll gladly accept whatever donation that person can afford to give for this series. But I highly recommend that as well.
2: Awesome. Uh, Hugh, this has been so much fun uh, talking with you and getting to know your story. I hope to have you back on because there's so much uh, to learn from you and, and and your journey and your work and and your mission in life. So thank you so very much for uh, being here with me tonight on uh, Young Catholics Respond. Really, really appreciate
0: it. Thank you for having me, and I'd I'd love to come back again.
2: Absolutely. Well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart.
1: You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.